What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. It is a mailbag show. We've got your Apple Podcast questions. We'll have your YouTube questions at the very end of the show. And we will have your emails at... Dan, what is the email address? The email is at fantasyfootballtoday.com. No. No. What? I don't know. I don't know the exact email address. You're on the podcast and you don't know our email address? Uh, I knew you were the exact email address. I'm, I'm not emailing this email address like that. You know what I mean? Like I got other things going on. But let me. Do you know your it. own cell phone number, Dan? <laughs> I know all my own things, Dave. I don't answer the emails. That's Adam's job. That is great. Now all you have to do is is you just put the at side and then you put fantasyfootballtoday.com. <laughs> no, not oh my God. It's like you've never used email in your life. I what is it? it? Just give me the exact thing. It's fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Yes, the letter yes, I. I fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> all right, let me start with our email of the day. Uh, there is a point to this. I promise it's from Chris from Canada. Where is he from, Dave? Vancouver. I have listened to the show for over 10 years, often watching the YouTube stream as well as listening to the podcast. Last season, I felt good about my draft, but I started the season two and five, and needless to say, I was in last place, leaving me feeling gutted. I decided to play it out knowing I was in, in tough. I continued to listen to the podcast and make moves and finished the season eight and six, and I made the playoffs, oh. going on to win my second championship in the last yes. three years. Don't give up, people. 
Do not give up. Two and five. I've done the same thing. Don't do it. Don't give up. And that's yep. why I like it. Well, you know, my good friend went from last to the six seed three years ago, won the championship. So you just Happens. never know. Beautiful. I, I had a league where I was one and five, won the championship. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like the playoff system. You know, some people like uh, kind of do it like a total points, you know, most point. I like, I don't know, kind of a best ball um, without playoffs. You got to have playoffs. Right? You got to give people hope. Let them keep participating. Playoffs. Playoffs. All right, we'll get to. We got a lot of news and notes. Obviously, we'll tell you uh, about Joe Burrow and if this should change anything on drafts. Uh, very interesting what they're saying about James Cook in Buffalo and what Calvin Ridley said that he is him. <laughs> we'll, and we'll get to that in a minute. Podcast awards. I think this is the last time I'm going to tell you. I believe voting ends on the 31st or nominations, whatever you want to call it. So please go to podcastawards.com. I've been doing my part, tweeting every day. I don't think Dave's doing his part, but. Uh, <laughs> Tweet, uh, let everyone know we have a few days left to nominate us for best sports podcast, best male-hosted podcast, and People's Choice. It's so easy. Just go to podcastawards.com and get to voting for Fantasy Football Today. Best male-hosted podcast, best sports podcast, and People's Choice. All right, news and notes. Dave, Joe Burrow has a calf injury. He may have a strained calf. I don't know if they've officially said what it is, but uh, luckily it is July 28th. He suffered this injury on July 27th. Last year, he had an appendectomy on July 26th, oddly enough. But does this change anything for you? Obviously, he's going to miss some time during training camp preseason. Does this change anything for you with Chase, Higgins, Burrow? Well, I think there's a dip that can be bought with Burrow, uh, at least in drafts until we know like a legitimate time frame of when he'll be back. And if you're drafting him as the sixth or seventh quarterback off the board, I think you're winning. I expect him to be back. I expect him to be ready to go for week one. As of now, they didn't say torn Achilles or anything like that. I think they would have known that by by the time that we're recording this. It's been 12-plus hours since he hurt, his, hurt himself. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you're drafting, maybe you're doing a best ball, you're going to see Burrow slide. You might even see Higgins slide. Take advantage. Draft them because I'm sure that he'll be – or at least I can't, I can't say I'm sure. I hope he'll be okay. And even if he's not, we've talked about it all offseason long. There's depth at the quarterback position where you can find a, a good enough replacement to be three, four fantasy points per game shy of what Burrow could be. Yeah, I, I understand buying the dip. However, let's just say there's no dip. Are you still comfortable? Did you move Chase, Higgins, or Burrow, or Mixon, or whoever in any of your rankings? Not yet. Okay. All right. Uh, so we move on to the greatest quotes from Sean Payton about everything oh that went God. wrong with the bra. Was that amazing, Dan Schneider? What, what stood out to you? Coach, I've never seen a coach say that much and that much negative, like inflammatory comments about another coach who's still in the NFL. He didn't retire, Nathaniel Hackett. He is <laughs> over there coordinating an offense for the Jets right now. They're, they're going to play each other this year. Blasted, just blasted him. Yeah, he said it was one of the worst coaching jobs. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. <laughs> Sean Payton said, everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. Uh, I, you know, Dan, Dan, do you have general Broncos optimism offensively? Yeah, I've actually carried it all offseason. I'm a big blue... I, I've seen so many things play out in the NFL, and one of them has been the impact that a coach can make. Now, I don't know if it will definitely happen with Sean Payton, but his track record speaks for itself. I think we're already starting to hear some of the same things I heard with Brian Dable and Joe Judge, the, the transfer of power there with the Giants last year, which is everything feels different in the building. 
he's a complete, he's a good teacher. I keep hearing that was obviously not the case with Hackett. It wasn't the case with judge. It was the case with Dable. And we saw the difference in the giants offense. So I don't, fully believe in Russell Wilson right now, but I do believe in the coach. And I think he's going to make things so easy for Russell Wilson that it's going to work out. He's going to have this first, he's going to have so many different things going that I like, but the classic Sean Payton that we're going to see all year is those three receiver sets or those two receiver sets with Marvin Mims on the field or Jerry Judy, just running those basically clear out routes to clear out the open, the middle of the field. So I think we're going to see a lot of play action, intermediate shots, Throws to the running backs. Easy things for the quarterback. Easy yep. to find reads. All right. Calvin Ridley. Very optimistic. He says he's Calvin Ridley. Hasn't lost the step. I'm him. I'm him. I don't know if he was saying I'm him in that. He said, I'm him. I'm Calvin Ridley. You think he was just saying, like, I'm him? I hate the I'm him thing. I don't really think it's that cool. I don't think it's that funny. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God. Calvin Ridley said, I'm him. What do you mean, I'm him? <laughs> well, you're him. in a draft we did on Tuesday, Travis Etienne and Calvin Ridley went back-to-back in round yep. three. Uh, picks 31 and 32 overall, I believe. Dave, who should go first, Etienne or Ridley? I think you can make the case for Ridley at this point. Simply because of the fact that in PPR, all those catches are going to count. I'm not sure that Etienne's going to get them. And I, I think it's becoming increasingly clear that Etienne will not be an every down guy in this offense and that they brought in help so that he doesn't have to be that every down guy. Right. For what it's worth, Etienne apparently had a great first practice in the passing game, was catching a ton of passes, all of that. I'm skeptical it will carry over to the regular season. Trevor Lawrence, to me, is just not that kind of quarterback. He throws way mm. too aggressively into the intermediate areas of the field. You need a check down quarterback for a big reception total on the, on the running back. You need someone who's going to get to that check down. I just, to me, from what I saw with Lawrence last year, it was aggressive hole shots over and over and over again. And now he has Ridley to add to the mix to throw those hole shots. The only pushback I'd give is that. Yep. Remember what he did in college, Dan? He was, yep. Now, it's been two years since then, and last year is evidence against it, but he leaned like crazy on screen throws and short throws at Clemson. Yeah, just and and it could totally come back because he has that rapport with Ridley. I just, I mean, I'm sorry with with ETN. I just feel like now with another weapon in the passing game, it's going to be even more aggressive. We'll see. All right, uh, big injury for the Dolphins as Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. tore his meniscus, could be out until December. It's a huge problem for their defense because now they won't be able to play nearly as many exotic types of fronts as they could have with Ramsey there. And they I mean, they still have potentially a very good defense, very good secondary, potentially or maybe the best, one of the best defensive coordinators in Fangio, but that is a tough score for the Dolphins. That is. Garrett Wilson hurt his ankle. Nothing appears to be serious right now. But Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb are also dealing with injuries, so the Jets are a little depleted there, but it's early. The Chargers, everything you read, they are going to throw the ball downfield more this season. Oh, Last year we were having an argument, should Mike Williams be drafted ahead of Keenan Allen? That argument does not exist this year. Does anybody think it should exist? Should Mike Williams be drafted ahead of Keenan Allen in any... No, but I also feel like Mike Williams' ADP has been pretty depressed the entire offseason. Every draft we do, and he's sitting around at spots that I don't believe he should be sitting around at. I think overall people are kind of tired of Mike Williams, a lot of injuries, no, no breakout season yet, but you're still getting... A big threat who's going to be a big time, a, a big size threat who's going to be used in the red zone with one of the best quarterbacks, one of the most aggressive coordinators in the NFL. I feel like that still has a lot of value. Okay. Herbert last year was tied for fifth in most pass attempts of 20 plus yards, air yards. 
And the adjusted completion rate on those throws was 37%, which was outside the top 20. So it, Quinn Johnson needs to be him on those deep throws. Yeah. And so does Mike Williams, if they're going to connect on them again this year. But I, he was already aggressive throwing downfield last year. You're telling me that he's going to be more aggressive this year? I love it. He's just He needs dudes that can catch it. So I got uh, I got a buddy, uh, one of our listeners. His name is Andrew. He's been helping me out with Azer stats. Yeah, he's come nice. up with a very, very good formula. Is uh, he beating? Is he? I have a feeling that this is this is probably was a weird, uh, risky move by you, Adam, because he might be better than you at your own game with the Azer stats. Well, we'll find out soon. But oh, he is. Uh, oh, that's not good. He does it for everyone. This um, is your claim to fame. Well, I mean, he he is he's put it out into a spreadsheet basically. But oh he's, no, he's, there's no he's, chance you've ever considered oh, a spreadsheet. No, no, but he, he what he does is he he gets everybody's fantasy points and their typical snap shares, and then That's he eliminates game he eliminates games where they play fifty percent or or less of their typical snap shares, whatever, and he re ranks everybody on points first? per game because I don't know how to do any of that. So anyway, uh, Mike Williams was tied with Jerry Judy, who all both of those guys. We get really azer statted. Fifteen point two PPR points per game if you adjust it and take away the the partial games that they played, and that's really good. That's just below Jalen Waddle, um, better than Devonte Smith, slightly better than Devonte Smith. That's what Jerry Judy and Mike Williams did last year. The year before that, Mike Williams was, I think, a top fifteen wide receiver as well. He was seventeenth per game in twenty twenty one, fourteenth overall. So that's two years in a row, if you Azer stat it, where you're, you've gotten a top 18 wide receiver on a per-game basis in PPR. There have obviously been circumstances. He played a lot of last season without Keenan Allen. So now he's got Quinton Johnston, too. But those are, you know, those are good kind of raw numbers. Top 18, two years in a row, if you, if you want to remove the games that he's left early with injury. I prefer you look at just the raw number of it over that, Adam, because if you're doing, like, top 18 – that's not factoring that other people could have been Azer stat. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, everyone if, in the pool has been that's vetted what Andrew, for Azer stats. That's what our guy Andrew did. And okay, gotcha, if gotcha, everyone gotcha. gets Azer statted, he was okay. wide receiver 17 okay, per I game. Like it, I like so it. this is it's only the games he played. How many snaps? Ace, what Andrew did, I believe, was he he removed any game that a player played less than 50 percent of his typical snap share. Okay. 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 So these these guys, most of these wide receivers are playing, you know, more than eighty percent of the snaps. So right. probably have to play less than forty, forty five percent of the snaps, and that game doesn't count. And it does jive with a lot of the stuff that I've done too, like Jerry Judy being at fifteen point two PPR points per game. That's the same as Mike Williams. But anyway, uh, let's move on. We get bogged down in that a little bit too much. And thanks to Andrew for helping me out on that. Um, uh, Arizona head coach Jonathan Gannon says he is a hundred percent comfortable with James Conner being a bell cow. Oh, yeah. Doesn't uh, have a choice. Let's talk about another running back who might be a bell cow. Here's what Minnesota's offensive coordinator, Wes Phillips, said about the run game. I look at it more as the average over time. Absolutely, Dalvin Cook is a big-time playmaker, so maybe that gets filled in other areas at times. But as far as the run game, consistently producing yards and keeping us ahead of the chains, where you've got more of your call sheet available, I think is really important. And what they... What they went on to say in the article, I think Kevin O'Connell as well, was that Dalvin Cook, yes, he was a big play generator, but they had a lot of negative and zero-yard runs last year, and the Vikings want to be more consistent. They want to just you know stay ahead of the chains. Um, you may not get the splash plays from Madison, but this article was also saying Madison can be a three-down back. 
So James Conner or Alexander Madison is my question. I remain very, very skeptical of what Minnesota is trying to tell us because they were one of the few teams on my list who ran a very, very lack of diversity in their run game. It was almost all zone. They had zero plays on film that I saw where they pulled a guard or pulled anyone on that offense to run power and gap. Dalvin Cook didn't like it. He didn't run well behind it. It was the worst I've seen Dalvin Cook. It was not the system for him. Maybe it will be for Madison. To me, I think a run game that has no diversity and is just running the same thing over and over is going to lose in the long run. But I thought you liked Madison. I like Madison for fantasy. I don't, and I think he's going to be used in the passing game. I don't like a run game, a run blocking scheme that's running the same thing over and over unless it's Shanahan. Even Shanahan doesn't run the same thing over and over. He uses a bunch of different stuff. They will too. I don't think it's going to be a hundred. Yeah, year two, hopefully they will they will expand that run game. But it felt like in year one they were just like, "This is the run game. We don't really care. We're going to throw the ball sixty five percent of the time anyway." All right, <laughs> and uh, th- so Connor or Madison? Uh, Madison for sure for me. Not even a question. I have them back to back, both as round four picks. Madison over Connor. I like Madison. This guy, like, he's on a really good offense. The Connor thing for me, he he's underrated, but that offense scares me a little bit with McCoy. Once we get to the regular season, James Connor was number nine per game last year on a team that had the third worst record in football, and he had great numbers with. Uh, Can Colt we Azer stat as McCoy days? Could yeah, no, McCoy he had, he had great numbers with Colt McCoy the last seven games, last seven weeks of the season. I think that was mostly without. I mean, it was definitely mostly. I don't know if it was all without Kyler. Uh, he was the number five running back per game. He was on pace for 350-ish touches, 360 touches. He was playing nearly every snap. He scored wow. 18 or more PPR fantasy points in five of his last seven games. He did score a lot of touchdowns, and Kyler only played in one of those. All right, uh, let's go to just a few more news items here. Kansas City, uh, This on this edition of As the <laughs> Kansas City Wide Receivers Turn, Rasheed Rice has gotten the most first-team reps of all wide receivers so far, according to The Athletic. And two Bills notes here, Dave. Gabe Davis said that he lost this. We we can't pass over the Chiefs without the Justin Ross stuff, too. Oh, we talked about it yesterday. Oh, you got it yesterday. Okay, I missed that. Um, Gabe Davis said he lost a step after hurting his ankle in week two last year. I think just bolsters the sleeper call that we've been giving on him all year. And what about Ken Dorsey, their offensive coordinator, really speaking highly of James Cook and saying that he's an every down back. Uh, what do you make of that? I I like it. I think the Bills are are leaning into Cook being um, their primary running back this year. And then they look at Harris and Latavius Murray as supplemental guys. The thing you got to worry about with Cook is touchdowns. How many scores is he going to get? Because I, I don't see him getting short yardage goal line. And that's, I would have a hard time expecting him to have even more than like three or four of those types of touchdowns just because Josh Allen's there and he's going to take away. So he's got too much competition in that area of the field. But as far as playing time and touches go, would you be surprised if he had less than 13 touches per game week in and week out? That could be nine carries and four catches. Some games he'll have more. I, I'm telling. I get the. Lot. I get the sense that Buffalo wants to diversify their offense. He's one way they can do that, yeah. and I fully expect him to, to be did, on the field more than anybody else there. And they did use pretty significant draft capital on him a couple years ago in two drafts. Second ago. round pick, right? Yep, and that's significant for them, especially. They hadn't been using. They they'd been using like threes and fours at that position. Also, when they did it, they remember they were talking about how they think he can be an extension of the run game via the pass game, and that's not something they've really tapped into as as much during the Josh Allen era. So maybe yeah. that just needs to come in year two. 
All right, how about Rashad White, James Cook, Cam Akers? Rank them. It would be Cook, Akers, White for me. I think I've got Cook at the bottom of that list for right now. Uh, White at the top. All right, so that would be White, Akers, Cook. We'll take a break. When we come back, we've got your emails at at fantasyfootballtoday.com. <laughs> and we got a funny story from Dan Schneier that he'd like to share that I don't know. Why am I, I supposed to know that email, by the way? Am I using that email ever? Am I receiving emails? I don't know. From Adam that? has no. only mentioned am it I on the show every no. show for the last 10 years. You know what? I'm going to collect some things that you guys have forgot and you guys will continue to forget. And I'm going to start coming up with some good stuff each time I see one of you guys on this show. I'm going to stump you guys. Good. Okay? good. I'm going to stump you guys with something you quote-unquote should know. Hey, actually, and then we're going to go from there. I have a set. I have a, a question. What do you think about this segment? So Zach Brooke, uh, one of our producers, came up with an idea. AI versus A-I-Z-E-R. Oh, no. <laughs> you guys, it's me versus chat GPT answering football questions. Or oh, I love like that. that. Not a, it's actually kind of funny. It's a funny segment. We can try. I like that idea. All right, we'll take a break. We've got your emails, your Apple podcast questions, your YouTube questions when we come back. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, this question is from Mike. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, everyone, for your emails. Big thank you for your for your Apple Podcast reviews as well. Those are very helpful. Leave us a five-star review. You can ask a question in there, too, and most of them will get read. Uh, now, listen, guys, I'm going to give you guys the heads up. we got a lot of questions here, especially this first one. We, we can't spend as much time as we okay. want, so we'll do them kind of quickly here. But Mike wants to know about your strategy on in salary or auction drafts. Um, so yeah, almost all of my leagues are auction drafts, 12 teams, $200 cap. Would love to hear your thoughts. And yes, I agree. I would love to spend a lot of time on this, but let me give you guys uh, two to three minutes. And Dan, I know you love this format. You always advocate for auctions. So give me a starting point. If I'm doing one, where do I, what do I do? Okay. Starting point for auctions for me is you got to build your own plan for the auction. So you have to, in my mind, you have to allocate how much you want to spend at each position. But what I really like to do for auctions, especially if it's not a start, if it's an auction that's been done already with that league in that format is use last year's results, then sort them by position 
then put those results next to your rankings with those numbers. And you now have an idea of what each tier and each range of running back is going to actually go for. And you could build out mock teams via that. Now, if you don't have a, a year of results from a league, this is something you maybe do in year two if you're starting year two. You could still probably use projected values or ranked values and then put them in an order and figure out where you can start to build your team out. So let's say you can look at it like, I want to go hero running back. You can know what you're going to have to spend on that one running back and then build out your receiver core, your tight end, your quarterback after that based on that. So if you're doing a one QB league, my strategy is probably in auction, especially do not pay for QB. It's okay in snake to pay for it. I think in auction, I think you're better off just waiting for that 12th, 13th quarterback and getting two of those guys in that range. And they're always going to go for like two or three bucks at that point because nobody wants to spend on a backup quarterback. They've gotten their starter. It's a little bit different than a snake when you'll see people kind of reach for that backup quarterback because it's a snake. That's one of my strategies. Um, a few others would be bidding bidding strategies I can give you would be never bid on the guy you want. Never nominate the guy you want. Always nominate a guy you don't want. Always nominate a buzz player if you don't want him, if he's buzzy. Always nominate. If you spend big at quarterback, start nominating quarterbacks. If you spend big at running back and only plan to go one running back, start nominating running backs immediately as you can. Also, if you play with a kicker defense, I like the idea of nominating the, the kicker and the deep, the best kicker and the defense you want early. Best case, you get them for a buck. Worst case, you get someone to spend two bucks of their budget on, on that player. Either way, it's a win for you. It's a very easy win-win scenario for you. So that one I like. Um, let me think of any others that come to mind. Just off the top of my head. Those, those, that's definitely a that's good fine. starting that's point. That's good. Yep. Okay. Dave? I uh, The tiers were invented as a strategy piece for auctions, meaning that you're going to put players in groups of expectations and then when the auction begins and you start seeing, you know, you'll see what Christian McCaffrey goes for. You'll see what Austin Eckler goes for. Now you've got an idea of what you should spend on the next tier of running backs or maybe even Bijan. And it should be cheaper than that. Um, I love the first thing you have to do is tear up your players. And whether you just copy somebody else's tiers or you make your own or you just your own after seeing somebody else's, it's a necessity. The other thing you have to commit to is paying attention in your auction. You want to see who's got the most budget left to spend. Yep. And uh, one of the things that you can do to nominate is nominate players that that team might need to spend a lot of money on. For example, someone in your league still has 80% of their budget. They don't have any wide receivers. Nominate the receiver that you think is going to go for the most money so that they go and they spend their cash. You want people to burn through their cash. That's another reason why you want people to necessarily spend more on quarterback. You tend to see that happen more in auctions than you do in snake drafts. So I think Dan's right about that. Look for a little bit more of a value on quarterbacks in an auction. I also love the 2050 rule. Save 20% of your budget for the last 50% of the nominations in the auction. You will be so glad if you do that because that, that's you will a lot. Find, that's a lot, right? I mean, uh, what do you mean just, that's a lot? Just to put in perspective, if you do that, You'll have more money than most people, right? And you will be able to pick up a couple of steals. Yes. Yep. Yes. Because it's it's human nature. People love to spend. People love to shop. And so when they're in these auctions, everybody's all hyped up. Yep. And they're going to go and they're going to spend their bucks as soon as they can. If you're a little bit patient about it and you're keeping track of what everybody goes for, you will. I promise you will come away with some steals or at very least three players or four players that you'll get for two or three bucks 
that you'll be thrilled to have yeah. on your team, even if it's on your bench. And that so, right there is the beauty of the auction, too. The fun part of the auction is, or it's the snake, is the snake, everyone's going by a list. You, no one falls through the cracks. In an auction, players fall through the cracks, and they get nominated later. And then, as Dave's saying, if you save some of your budget, you're taking these players. You're the one who has $3 to spend on these players. Yeah. That's okay. great. Those those are the big keys. And there will be, a, we're, we're going to do an auction live stream. Uh, there will be auction strategy pieces on the website. Yep. We got you. Starting next best, week. It's the best way to build a team. Okay. Fitz in Detroit says, hey, Nick, Amari, Deshaun, and Elijah. Browns. Yes. I'm not a huge schedule person, but have you noticed Nick Chubb's start to the year? Cincinnati, yes. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Baltimore, bye week, San Francisco. Um, yeah, I, I did notice that. All of his first five opponents were top 10 or you know, among the 10 best against running backs last year. Two of them were the two best against running backs last year. So um, it is a tough schedule to start. Does it matter? Uh, and he also gets um, he gets the Jets in the playoffs, but what, it, it gets easier after that. Does, does it matter to you? A lot easier. Does it matter to you for Nick Chubb's running schedule? It doesn't to me. And I'll say I went back. I looked at what he did against those opponents last year because most of them are in the AFC North. And he did just fine. And I've actually looked at that in the past with him. He's just, he's just, he runs on everyone. You can hardly yeah. ever stop Nick Chubb. And if we expand this to a, a bigger discussion, I really think, I said this when the schedule came out. I mean, the one team that I'm really nervous about with the schedule, and I'll, I'll exclude Darren Waller from this, but it's the, the Giants. Giants. Yeah. And Absolutely. it is a tie. It is a Barkley tiebreaker for me, in my opinion. I just they have Should such be. a bad schedule. Um, you never know with these things. I've gotten burned in the past looking at schedules. Guys get injured. Things don't play out the way it seems. But God, the NFC East got it rough, and the Giants might have the worst. Defense I know I've in mentioned this East, like so. thirty times on the podcast, but it's worth mentioning again. Dave does a really good job of breaking down the schedules in a more in-depth way than the typical way. You can find that all on the site. Just type in projected strength of schedule plus Dave Richard plus CBSSports.com, uh, CBSI.com or whatever it is. No, just oh, CBS are you Sports. kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and what you'll see is the Giants have maybe one of the toughest schedules according to his metrics that I've ever, at least as far as I've been, as far as I've worked at this company and, and edited that article, the Giants have had by far and away the hardest schedule. For all positions, by the way, all four every positions. single one. Yeah, every. I mean, listen, it's really just a byproduct of playing the Eagles, Cowboys, and Commanders twice each. Right. And they get the NFC West too, and the AFC East. I agree, and the, yes, the AFC East I think is going to have a tough row of defenses as well. Um, yeah, I graded each defense and uh, put it into the schedule, and it spit out a number. It's it's a lot better than what's how many wins and losses did the team have last year? The easier way to find that stuff. Do a Google for Dave Richard, P as in Peter, S-O-S, P-S-O-S, Dave Richard, and it'll come right up. <laughs> there you go. Um, and by the way, uh, on Nick Chubb, I do have him as the 27th easiest <laughs> first four games. It is a tough schedule, but over the course of the year, eighth easiest. So oh, okay. if you don't okay. if you don't draft Nick Chubb Trade and he him. gets off to <laughs> a slowish start, trade for him before October 1st. I like it. All right, good luck with that, though, because I think everyone with half a brain is going to know that he's about to turn it if on. If he so. sucks for the first three or four weeks, I bet you can procure him from the team that drafts him. Next question is from Jeff from up north. 10-team, uh, 2QB, PPR league. I have the first pick. We get to keep three players from the year before, and their keeper status goes up two rounds each year. So he has the first pick. As of now, he's keeping Justin Herbert in the sixth, 
um, Amonra St. Brown in the eighth and Deshaun Watson in the 12th. So he's got his two quarterbacks. Christian McCaffrey would then be his first pick. Nothing wrong with that. Herbert, St. Brown, Watson, McCaffrey. But he could he could keep Calvin Ridley in the 10th or Alexander Madison in the 13th and then take Patrick Mahomes with the first overall pick. So how do you so what do you do? Do you take Mahomes and maybe throw back would you rather keep Herbert in the 6th or Watson in the 12th? Let's start with that. I would prefer Watson in the 12th over Herbert in the 6th, but I would be keeping both if it was me. And you have to McCaffrey. keep both in, in a two QB. Yeah, this is just well, you don't need. though because you could keep you could keep Watson in the twelfth. You're still giving up opportunity. There's still massive opportunity cost by saying you don't right because no. you're just getting, why not? No, because okay, if you throw back Herbert in the sixth and you don't keep him, then oh, instead right. you're keeping say Ridley in the tenth or Madison in the thirteenth. So you're doing better there in terms of your keeper value, and you're right. drafting Mahomes. I don't think you're doing better there in terms of your keeper. I don't either. Herbert in a, well, as a six is round, a way better keeper than Ridley as a 10th and a 2 well, just you, Okay, sorry. I just meant you're, moving, you're saving a six-round You're pick doing something good. Yeah, I agree. You're getting something All right, back. So you're going to stick, but... stick with the quarterbacks and you're yes, going to draft McCaffrey? and then you take the best running back or, run, or receiver at one overall, whoever that is. Okay. Not to mention you get to keep Herbert for two more years. Oh, yeah. You're I giving that true. up, too. Wow. Yeah, it's true. Definitely All right. not throwing that back. This Never. is from Todd. Which of these guys have the best chance to be an RB1 or RB2 for a season or two over the next five years? Ooh. Rashawn Johnson. This is his order. Rashawn Johnson, Tajay Spears, Kendry Miller, Chase Brown, Tank Bigsby. Nice list. I'm going to go with Tajay Spears. I think the Titans drafted him to take over for Derrick Henry. I think he proved at the collegiate level, at least. I know it's a smaller school, but he proved he can carry a massive workload last year. He also proved he could do it in their power five against the power five team, USC, in their bowl game when he put the team on his back with over 200 yards and touched the ball basically every snap. And that was behind a horrific two-lane offensive line where it's like accountants playing there at 225. <laughs> on that offensive line, it looked like almost against USC. So... To me, it's Tajay Spears. The film speaks for itself. I know there's a long-term concern about his knee, but we said five years. So JHI had long-term concerns about his knee. He put a RB1 season in one of those five years before that broke down. So I'd go with Spears. Spears might be last on my list, Dan. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Roshan is who I'd pick. Coaches love him. This regime drafted him. I think that he's got that skill set that could translate well to eventually be uh, the lead running back for Chicago and potentially an RB2 in fantasy. And then I have a little bit of a tough time with the remaining guys, but I think Bigsby is who I'd bet on next. Just because Bigsby, I think Johnson and Spears from here are in their own tier. Right. Like I, I, I know that Kendra Miller's got a path to getting there. He could get there as soon as next year, but I'm a little bit worried about him, A, being really good or B, staying healthy for him to actually accomplish that feat. If I had to rank it, he might be third, and then Brown would be fourth, and then Spears would be last for me. Okay, Drew from Seattle. Dear Carnell, Ronnie, and Brandon. Carnell. Oh, those are oh. Auburn running Auburn backs. backs. Oh, yes, damn it. Carnell. Damn it, I knew it. <laughs> uh, drafting third in a 14-team half PPR league. If I get Chase and then Devontae Smith... Uh, would you take Jalen Hurts in the third round or grab a running back like Najee Harris or a tight end like Andrews? 
Oh, I would take Hertz in a heartbeat over over Najee and Andrews. I think I so. think you have to. This yeah. is something I never used to do. By the way, I never used to take the quarterback in this no. range. Now I'm actually doing it in some mocks. Okay. You want to know a big a good reason to do that? This is a 14 team league. Oh my god! So those quarterbacks are going to stretch a little god. bit thinner. You're going to have a positional advantage. Yeah. Look, you'll have the positional advantage with Andrews too. But I think I, I don't think it. I know that you'll get more points per game with Hertz. Yeah. And I think that that advantage will help you more than Andrews would. Agreed. Next cu- next question is actually a team name Tuesday. Ooh. It is from Ryan. Not even a question. It says, hey, Peter, Joe Cleveland, and Quagmire. <laughs> <laughs> Here are some team names. <laughs> Levis 501. What's that one? Like Levi's. It's the same spelling. It's good. Okay. I think you need to have jeans in there at the end. Levis yeah. 501 jeans. Jeans, I agree. My, no, I don't think so. I agree, disagree with you guys. You're wrong. My Abinacanda don't want none. You got to say it the right way. My Abinacanda don't want none. <laughs> I like that. That's good. I do too. And then the last one I don't think is very good. Easy as Dell. Is that the uh, Dell? What about lo- dude? Slogan? You dude. Easy as Dell. You drafted a Dell. Dude, you're getting a Dell. I wonder if there's somebody's name <laughs> yeah. that sounds like you're getting a. I don't think so. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan, for your team names. This is from Trevor from a city two hours west of Toronto. How far is Calgary? Uh, I was going to say Alberta. Calgary. Alberta's a province. Oh, <laughs> that shows how much I know. Uh, uh, dear Scott, Jordan, Jackson, and Myers. Oh, those are kickers, aren't they? Scott. Uh, Trevor yeah. says kickers. No. Well, no, Jason Myers, but I don't know who else. Was oh, I don't know. There? I was just guessing because this I question think you is... just saw the Myers and thought it was no. Kickers, it's about but... questions about kickers. Okay. Uh, kickers score kickers score points. Therefore, they belong on fantasy rosters. What? I tend that's to agree. That's a question or a statement. It's a statement. Te- that's a statement. I tend to agree. I tend to disagree. You disagree that kickers store score points? Wow, Dan. I disagree that kickers belong on fantasy rosters. All right. Keep two in PPR. Kelsey or Tyreek Hill in round one. Adams in round two. Damian Pierce in round six and Kamara in round seven. And he has the 10th overall pick. I'm going to go Kelsey and Pierce. I don't mind that. Go Kelsey and Adams. Kelsey and Adams is probably. What did he say? Adams was the three, two, two, two. I'm definitely not going that. All right. This is from Brandon Giordano. He said he could keep them as long as he wants. He, yes, that makes me lean toward Kelsey and Adams. Why would it make? Why would that help? Because I don't know if Damian Pierce is going to be worth around six in a year or two. Oh, okay. Um, Brandon is in a full PPR league. I have the eighth pick. I'm very much on the Nick Chubb bandwagon. Do you think eighth overall is too early for him in PPR? Yeah, it feels a little too early. I feel like the opportunity you're you're giving up at at eight overall. You're probably giving up, a, in my mind, a, you're you're passing on a receiver who could probably get 150 targets. So I think that's a little too steep. Right. You might be able to get Tyreek Hill there, yep. Diggs there. Cup. Cup yeah, might be there, maybe. Yep. What Cup, about yep. trading down? What if he trades down to 11? That I like. Moving Do you think back. he gets Chubb there? Yes, yes. I think so, I don't too. think Chubb goes before Barkley. I don't think Chubb goes in typical drafts before some of these other backs that you'll see go ahead of him. If this were a non PPR league, I'd be all about it. Yeah. I mean, Nick Chubb in 2020 
scored 12 touchdowns in 12 games and caught 16 passes in 12 games. Um, and he still was only RB8 per game in PPR. I do think that he played a very, very short... I, mean, I think he had a partial game, but this guy cannot crack the top five in PPR per game, no matter what he does. He's going to have to catch more passes. Right. Um, and right, that's the thing. Question. If he gets that opportunity, then he will uh, he will beat his career high, which is 16.6 PPR points per game. This is from Hunter in Chicago. How do you analyze keepers? Uh, you know, in terms of is it value? Is it best player? Do you guys look at dynasty rankings? Um, so he's deciding between Eckler or CD Lamb, and he can keep. I guess he can keep keeping them. So that's a really tough call. If it's one year, it's obviously Eckler. But like, how, how, who would you guys keep, Eckler right. or Lamb? I think I'm going to keep Lamb because I do too. Of what you just mentioned. We're going to see. I mean, if it doesn't happen soon, he'll be an outlier. If, if Eckler continues to produce at this level, he'll be an outlier because at least first the rest of the NFL at the running back position because he's now, what, 28? Yeah. Yeah. So but then, he's a different case because he has such a light workload. Yep, that's just, fair. You know, he's never had a 20-carry game in his career. I, I don't. He know didn't he, have it last year, though, but he has had se- se- uh, seasons where that have been marred by injury, though. I know the recency bias is kind of like with us, but... Well, it's not like he's avoided the injury bug his entire career. Agreed, but he's also delivered unbelievable fantasy yes. production the last two years, and it's hard to give that up uh, knowing that someone else in your league can go and draft that guy. But if, if you're playing the longevity game, Lamb makes all the sense in the world. You've got to figure that you're going to get great seasons out of him for at least the next five years. At least five. You're not going to get that out of Eckler. The flip side to that is, what happens if you get Lamb and then you find the next Austin Eckler? Like, what if he drafts Bijan this year? And then who does he keep next year? Yeah, so right. You're probably going to flip to Bijan. You're right. At that then point. if you, if you, at, you're right. If at any point you beat it with a better keeper, then this becomes moot anyway. That's a good you point. could marry this so with you where you're drafting. It. And if you've got that early pick and you're sure that you're going to get right. somebody that you can keep long term, then you keep Eckler and you throw Lamb back. And I know that sounds silly. But you're doing with the idea that the person that you draft early, if it's Bijan, uh, is who you're going to keep long term. We don't have time for it, but I want to get a quick hot take out. I hate leagues where you can keep the best players. I just hate these kinds of leagues where you keep these first round guys and over and over again, they're not put back into the draft pool. Half the the first round is like just like second round, third round picks. Like that's not what keeper should be about, in my opinion. It's not fun. Keeper should be about the later mid round picks being kept, not taking every great player off the board before your draft. The draft is supposed to be the best part of fantasy. I just had to get that rant out. All right, here we go. Next question. That's a good rant. Mike from Wappinger Falls, New York. I have no idea. Who are some backup players who could be potential keepers because they sign with a new team or the player in front of them leaves? I'm thinking players like Pollard or Madison from last year. Oh. Um, Let me run through this in my head. Running back's definitely where I'm going to first. Of course. It's really the only position you can Yeah, where this happens. Eric Gray of the Giants. Ah, Eric Gray. Barkley on a one-year deal. I don't hate it, but they could easily repl- They could add they to that could. position. Yeah, you would never. Same thing with the Raiders. Like I, when yeah, you said Zemir that, White. Adam, I thought of oh, Zamir White. But like Zamir White isn't going to never going to get that. I don't uh, honestly, Roshan Johnson's interesting if they move yes, on from Herbert. That's a great one. That's who Dave mentioned. Uh, 
I think Tank Bigsby should be on your radar. I'm going to be the biggest Tank Bigsby There's fan. There's no way ETN's not going to be on the team next year. They'd have to try. Oh, just for next year, right? He's still on the rookie contract. As long as he's still on that rookie contract, he will be on the team, correct? Just for next year. Well, Chase Brown, maybe, for the Bengals. Joe Mixon's yeah. got one more year max there, right? Yeah. So we got Chase Brown. Um, and by the way, if you're watching this right now, please hit the like button. It takes like two <laughs> two seconds, and we, we could really use it. All right, um, let's move on here. You want one more name? Yeah, one more. Crazy deep, but he's been on my radar for a while. Sean Tucker in Tampa Bay. Oh, Sean Tucker in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I like the idea. If he's healthy. I think he's, I love he's his practicing. tape. Me I too. I just don't know about the health situation. He's practicing. And, and by he's the way, that likes thing wasn't at four four. That I got a, I got a call in from from the upper bosses. I mean, we need to get more likes on this. Hit the like button, please. Yeah, we're not answering your YouTube questions until we get it to takes 100 two likes. seconds. All right. Dan apparently has a really funny story. Oh, it's repulsive is what it is. All right. We'll take a break. And when we come back, Dan's story and your Apple podcast questions right after this. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Dan, oh, you're God. on the can. I, You know what? That's very fitting for what the story I'm about to tell that I wasn't even sure if I should tell on the podcast, but I will. Um, so... Remember a few few months ago, we had the situation where Adam was, for some odd reason, brushing his teeth in the kitchen sink in his in his kitchen home kitchen sink. Still don't really understand it. We we've we've passed it. He still does it apparently. <laughs> but the other night, <laughs> hanging out with a few friends, can't give any names. People have to remain non- anonymous for the story because it's a, absolutely insane. And one friend that I'm with is a father of two young kids. Okay. It wasn't I, me. This, I almost don't even want to say this. Father of two young kids. His bathroom upstairs is attached 
to the to kids' room, and the be- and the toilet is on the back of the wall, and the kids' beds are on the back of the wall. So every time at night, when he uses the when he used to use the bathroom, I say used to for a key reason here, he would wake the kids up. So now at night, he lives in an apartment complex with two kids, not a house. Now at night. He uses something else to go to the bathroom so he doesn't risk waking the kids and flushing. And that something else is the kitchen sink. Oh, my God. <laughs> he told us this and everyone's reaction was the same. Like, how did you expect us to? What was, What did you think we we're going to react to that story? Why did you tell us this? How? Why? What is going on? Oh, my God. If, like, use the shower. If you're going to. That's what I. The also, shower. Also not good. What, but it's better window. than the sink. Piss Come out a on. window. Piss How about you just don't flush? Or if it's yeah, yellow, the old road trip. You know the old road trip when your dad wouldn't pull over, so you had to be in a Gatorade bottle. Was I the only one who had to do that? But that's an option too, and a bottle. Like I never anything. peed in a bottle. <laughs> oh, I had to plenty of times. Ron Schneier was not down to stop on a road trip. But you, you, you trip. should uh, watch Dumb and Dumber for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. All right. That if that doesn't get us to a hundred likes, I'll just never <laughs> know what will. <laughs> and then it was just like we just it was just thirty minutes of us being appalled and asking so Disgusting. many questions. Yeah, no, it's, Crazy. it's disturbing. All right, that's a great story, legendary story. Uh, okay, here's a, here's an Apple Podcast question from Andy. Are we overrating Calvin Ridley? He finished fourth in points per game in 2020, but has never finished higher than 18th in any other year. With a full year off, I'm even more worried. It's actually really more like two years off. Um, right. So yeah. are we overrating Calvin Ridley? We're saying he could go in the middle of round three, guys. I took a step back on Calvin Ridley when I uncovered a stat about Doug Peterson's track record with wide receivers. Did I ever recite these stats on the show? Have I yet? I I mean, we talked about it. You know, he never yeah. had a, a bottom line is that Calvin the Ridley. target per route run rate for wide receivers, even those that run 100 plus routes in Peterson's offense, both in Jacksonville and Philadelphia, was never higher than like 21.6%. So he's going to get work, but I think Peterson does like to spread the ball around. And we saw that last year, right? We did. There were two guys on the team that had over, I think it was over 120 targets each or 110 targets each, and then another one with like 90 targets. And that doesn't include the tight end. So I've watched Wait, That does include the tight end. Right, Ingram, Ingram had the Ingram was 90 in. No, the, yeah. the tight end, the, his target per route run rate last year was almost 19%. Oh, okay. no, but he so was he's going to get involved, him. obviously. Yeah, Ridley looks fantastic. And I, someone stooged off to me that he's in unbelievable shape, and I heard that before training camp started. And that was part of the reason why I was very excited about him. Is there a path for him to get north of 130 targets and just absolutely dominate? I don't, I'm not sure that there's such a great path to that. Time out, time out. Give me the stat again in in Philadelphia and what what was it? From 2016 to 2020 and in Jacksonville last year. These are all Doug Peterson years where he's the head coach. No wide receiver with 100 plus routes run had more than a 21.6% target per route run rate. Right. But Christian Kirk did have that and Zay Jones was at 21.2%. So okay. I just think I just think like when Alshon Jeffrey is your best wide receiver, no offense to him, he was good. You know, he's not going to the fact that Christian Kirk got to twenty one point eight percent or twenty one point five or six percent. I think that bodes well for Calvin Ridley personally. Do you think he can exceed that? Yeah. To like twenty five percent. So this is I don't really know target per out run rates that well. So can he have a twenty five percent target share would be my question. 
Kirks was at 23.2% last year. I definitely think Calvin Ridley can have a 25% target share. Okay, and that gets you close if they're throwing the ball 600 times. That gets you close to 140, and that would be great. That's 150, right, if they're throwing 600 If it's times. 25%, it's 150. Yeah. I think until we get until we see him move into the range where Cortland Sutton was being drafted last year, remember, at the end of it, we were like, push, not we, but some people were pushing him all the way up to mid-round too. Once we get to that point, I think then he can be overrated. I didn't mean that as a shot or anything. I just no, think that it, a lot it of people like way. No, I know it came out that way. We've all had our misses and our makes, but like uh, that, it, there's always going to be that one guy who gets pushed up is my point. It's not like a fault of anyone. It's like you get to a point of that mid second round where it's like, well, ev- that teardrop happens at re- running back and receiver and you need to push someone into that mix. When he gets pushed into that mix, I think then he'll be overrated. But right now you're still seeing mid round three, early round three. And I think yeah, I, 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 I like early round four. Oh, you're if even, that okay. means if that means late round three on Calvin Ridley and full PPR, then I'm not going to slam you for it. But top 24, I'm not even close to that. Okay. Ridley. Just so you know, Calvin Ridley at his peak is a very good yards per target guy. So yes. he mm-hmm. can compensate maybe less so in PPR, maybe if he doesn't get the targets, but he can compensate because he's a big play guy uh, getting fewer targets. Even if he's at a hundred. Th- I think if he's at 130 targets, I still think he can give you round three value. Me too. Uh, um, all right, uh, Gronk324 says, uh, I've got the 101 in a 10-team league. Is it crazy to think about tra- taking Travis Kelsey at 101 in a 10-team league? We've talked about this a lot, on the, I feel like, on the pod, but I think you and I, Adam, have the same opinion of this, right? We don't think it's crazy? Or is that just so me? I, think I don't it's think less it's crazy. Cra- I think it's less crazy in a 10-team league because you can make it Agreed. up for it at the other positions, but he oh, is... I don't- so good and so valuable, but he is also going to score just in terms of raw points so many fewer points than Jefferson Jefferson and Jamar Chase. It's just I had I him at number one in January when I did my top ten or whatever. Yeah. I have him as like six now. I also take it back. I actually like him a lot more in twelve and fourteen team leagues. I need the advantage at the tight end position to be even greater for it to All be right. worth value. It's another way to look at it. Dave, you're taking Kelsey where? Seventh overall, PPR. This is Dan from Nutley. Wow, he's close by. I'm Dan from Morristown. All right. Grew up in West Orange. There we go. Hey, Devin, Brian, Charles, and Lance. Uh, Devin, Brian. This looks Trey like, Lance. oh, these are these are Bears. Oh, those are first names. Bears Hall of Famer. Like Bears, yeah. Yeah. Um, Great Bears. They were big-time Bears on their Super Bowl 41 team. There you go. There you go. Okay, I, I think I'm starting a 16-team redraft PPR league, and I'm looking for roster suggestions. I have no problem getting rid of DST and kicker, but how many running backs, wide receivers, and flexes should there be in a 16-team PPR league? P.S. Cole Komet will finish top five. I could not believe the disrespect oh. he received in the tight end tiers episode. I could not believe the contract he received, so we're both on the same page there, <laughs> things we can't believe. <laughs> Uh, okay, give me your roster breakdown for a 16-team league. I don't play in any of those, so I don't. I haven't done a 16 in a while. It's it. You could do the exact same one that we suggested uh, earlier this week. You can pick. I, I wouldn't go super flex. One quarterback is fine. That's going to make it challenging for yep. everybody. One tight end is fine. Two running backs and two wide receivers, and then you can decide between one or two flexes. Yeah. And, you know, how deep do you want people to get into it in a 16-team league? That second flex is going to be pretty dicey from week in and week out. Oh, yeah, especially once buys and injuries hit. 
Okay. Nicole Komet's not going to finish as a top five tight end. Get hey, out of here. You now. never know. Every year we get surprised top top five tight ends. This is not the show for it, but it is crazy to think about how Cole Komet could get $50 million and we can't get a running back a long-term deal. Yeah. It is interesting we've gotten to that point in the NFL. All right, this is Peyton starting a dynasty league this year. 10-team veteran-only draft. It okay. is super flex. No kickers or DSTs. Every team must still draft a kicker. And the order of the kickers drafted will determine the order of the rookie draft. Ooh. When should I draft my kicker? <laughs> uh, that's pretty so cool. this is a it's it is super flex. Keep it so mind. you're thinking nice. about in a if you were doing a startup, where would Bijan go? I'll tell you, I'm doing a startup like the Baked Burgers Dynasty League that everybody at CBS except for Dave is in. Bijan went, I think, seventh. It is super flex. So the first five picks were quarterbacks, then it was Jefferson, then it was Bijan, I believe. That's the range, if not maybe even a smidge higher. Wait, can you explain it one more time to me, Adam, so I can follow it? Yeah, yeah, When you yeah. draft your you have, kicker, right. okay. the order in which you draft your kicker is the order that you will draft in the rookie draft. Okay, and we're talking dynasty, correct? Startup yeah, it's a dynasty, dynasty startup. Okay, first person and super to take flex or regular? Getting, super flex. First person okay. to take a kicker is getting Bijan. Okay, wow. Oh, wow. I'd probably this take him a... in the second. I'd probably take my kicker in the second round. Yeah. If if I were the first one. If right. After the, the first, first one, one goes, I'm waiting forever. Mm, I don't know if you have to Not wait ever. Forever. For not ever. For not forever. I can't wait forever. But yeah. I'm, I'm more of like, I'll wait for a little run to go. Like so I'm like, I, I don't want to be the person that drafts a kicker eighth or later. I also definitely okay. don't want to be the person that drafts a kicker second. Why? If I don't get Bijan, I don't want Jameer Gibbs. Actually, Jameer Gibbs, I like. Well, could take Richardson. I'll take Round Jameer five. Gibbs. I'll take Jameer Gibbs and like, yeah, I just took Jameer Gibbs in the in the, in the Baked Burger League. I took him. Uh, what did I take? Third round. Adam? Third round. So yeah, after Gibbs though, that's when I probably. Yeah, but but right, it's super flex. So you could take Richardson. But I don't too, need. You, uh, yeah, you're you right. Really Bryce like Young and Richardson. Yeah. yeah. Bryce Young. Yeah. All right. It's interesting. If if you're gonna be the first one, I think second round is is a good time to do it. A really good exactly. thing to do before the draft is look at a, a super flex startup mock that does have rookies in it. You'll see where Bijan, Richardson, Gibbs, all the receivers go. And then you'll have an idea of, okay, if I take a kicker at this spot, this is the type of player I can get. By the way, can I just say this is an incredible idea? By I love it. It's I fun. love that. It's incredibly creative. A great. This is what fantasy needs, ideas like this. Great job by you. All right, let's see how you feel about this idea from John in K-Town. A week 18 idea. So I'm guessing the premise of this is that week 18 and week seven, uh, the, the, sorry, week 17 is your championship and the winner and the runner up split the pot in the league. Mm -hmm. John says, I propose that if the loser of the championship game wants to challenge the winner of the championship game to a winner take all game in week 18, the winner can accept or decline the challenge. If the week 17 winner, accepts the challenge, we play through week 18, and we combine the scores from week 17 and 18, and the winner takes all. Um, if so, the loser of the final week 18 game would forfeit their winnings to the <laughs> ultimate champion. If the winner of the week 17 championship, championship game declines the offer, that's the end of the season, and I that's it. This. Everyone goes home. 
What do you <laughs> like think this, of this idea? Yeah. We are not going to do it, but I think it's something fun to add to a league. This is so good, too. It's, it's in the great. back of that great ideas. This is amazing. <laughs> As the winner, you have the chance. You want to push your chips all in the middle and gamble that you can win again. And you have the lead because you're combining scores, but it's fantasy. Anything could happen. It's week 18. There's bye weeks. It would be so fun if the winner got cocky. Push the chips in the middle, played it out, and yeah. ended up losing it. This is almost the end of rounders where yes. Mikey wins enough to get his money back or or get um uh Edward Norton's money back, and then uh Teddy KGB talks him into playing a little bit longer. Yep. Um uh, all right, guys. That's let's awesome. we have but here's the thing: questions. like if, if the winner blows out the loser, the loser uh, he, why would he challenge? He's just gonna take he's his money. Go- and no, go he's home. not going to. It has to be close. Right. Yeah, and I, I, I think idea. it would be rare for the winner to accept the challenge. If everybody in the league is fourth, then add it. Why not? Right. I'm debating bringing this to my league. There's no downside. This is so good. Now, this is from Gaber Hole in a one QB ten team dynasty home league. I've got Kelsey and Pitts. It's not tight end premium, and I've got other good players for flex. What do I do with Pitts if I'm in win now mode? You keep him. I don't. Well, yeah, but he's saying. Well, he's got Kelsey. He's got Kelsey. He's got Kelsey. It's a weird spot because you're you're in win now mode and you have Kelsey. Obviously, otherwise, I would be suggesting to trade Kelsey. But your best option here is to either flex Pitts if he's productive or put him on your bench. Trading Pitts right now in Dynasty is, in my opinion, the worst possible decision you can make in Dynasty. The one player that I think is the worst possible player to trade right now in Dynasty is Kyle Pitts. I felt this way for over a year. I will continue to feel this way. You're trading him at his absolute lowest. That is never good for you. What if he's offered the third overall pick in a rookie draft for Pitts? Is that enough? Third overall pick in next year's draft? No, this year's. Oh, oh, this year's current draft. Is that I enough? I would personally it? never do that. I don't think I would either. What if it's the second pick? That's when you can start to consider it. Me Gibbs, too. You can consider it. That's Yeah, because Gibbs is probably going to help you more this now, year. Now, me but... personally, I still wouldn't do it because I think Pitts will get to a point in his career where he'll be a massive advantage at the tight end position. And I'm not so sure Gibbs will be that for that long. Running backs don't have huge shelf life. He's 190 pounds, so his should be even shorter than most running backs. But... For now, you're trying to win now. Gibbs is going to help you win now. And so you have to factor that in as well. He's going to help you win now faster than Pitts will. Okay, guys, let's move on here. We've got a few more. Uh, from How are we doing on likes, by the way, Schaefer? We need 100 before we read Schaefer. the YouTube questions. Where are we at? All right. That story I said didn't get us to 100 likes. I mean. All right, come on. Uh, JD Chat. True story, by the way. Needs, us, needs keeper help. Keep two of the following players, 10-team PPR league. Brees Hall in the third Mm-hmm. Josh Jacobs in the fifth, Jalen Hurts in the sixth, Devontae Smith in the tenth, Ooh. Chris Olave in the eleventh. Ooh, uh, Olave, yeah, Jacobs, keep two. Oh, Olave Jacobs. I'm keeping the receivers. Olave, I can do that too. I'm fine with that too. From Jacobs core, hey, hey, nice, hey. from core, <laughs> what keeper rules would you implement for a first year keeper league? I love what we do in my keeper league. When you draft a player and you want to keep them, you can keep up to three players, but it costs you a draft pick two rounds higher than where you kept them the year prior. And once that player gets to a first or second round pick, he cannot be kept the following year. Okay. Sounds fine to me. I don't play any non-auction keeper leagues, so that sounds good to me. From Bridget, do I keep Cooper Cup in the fourth round? Devontae Smith in the eighth round? Um, and then, uh, there's also Lockett in the ninth. Yeah, so we'll just keep it with those two. 
cup for me for sure. Especially if it's for one year. You can think about it yeah. a little bit if it's Devontae Smith for an eighth round pick for multiple years, right. but cup in round four is easy. All right. A couple more questions. John Matthew Stafford is in a super That's flex. Quarterback. Yeah. Super flex six point per passing touchdown auction league with keepers. I essentially have Mahomes for free. If you could pair him with any other quarterback, who would you choose? Or would you focus those uh Jalen Hurts? Well, but I guess the, the question is really do you you have Mahomes? Do you pay up for Hurts? If I have a free or, Mahomes, which I don't even know how he has, but sounds like broken keeper rules because Mahomes entered the league in 2017. But now uh, I'll let you guys sort that out yourselves. But if I have Mahomes for free somehow in 2023, I would pay up for quarterback. I actually want to try this this year in one of my auction leagues. I, I play in a bunch of two QB leagues. I want to try to go the two elite quarterback route and see. And I'll, it'll be over 50% of my budget. <laughs> I'll have almost nothing left. I'll have to punt running back for sure. Probably punt most of receiver, but I want to see where it goes. All right, this is from The Ego, formerly known as Joel. 14-team half PPR league. Uh, the commissioner changed it to a 14-round draft instead of a 15-round draft. Does that change anything for you? No. Not really. Personally, no. Uh, I mean, I, I think it might make me less likely to take a backup quarterback. I think okay. it's a little harder to do a handcuff when you have one fewer round, so you got to keep that in mind. Shorter bench in the season. I'm not going to go into the draft. Yeah, that's a good point, Dan. I mean, that's going to help the waiver wire. Uh, I'm not going to go into the draft changing anything, but there you go. Now, listen, uh, time for, before we get to your YouTube comments, which we will, time for a segment called Dan is Holding Up the Draft, which is a little unfair. He's only been <laughs> on the clock. That is so unfair. For 10 I got just got put on the clock during this podcast. You want me to just All right. go to another window and make a pick, baby? Let's see what you got. Let's see Dan's team oh, so far. You want me far. to make a pick right now? Yeah, no, the no, second. Oh, yeah. There's baby. no shot of making a pick right now on air. Come on. You had the second overall pick. You went, I have to look through my whole thing, Adam. I have oh, to see through. So hard. I don't know the last 10 picks. You think for, I'm just going to rush an incredibly a, important pick like this? For a fantasy analyst to make a draft pick? I mean, I have an early lean anyway, but I haven't looked through. I have one guy left on my queue, but he's been on my queue for a while now. And I don't. Th- Let me take a look. This isn't happening right now. Which league <laughs> is this in? Bakeburger Dynasty. dynasty. So London's been picked. I have to go through my rankings, my dynasty rankings, which I'm doing now. This isn't this isn't good on air stuff. Well, don't, I'll draft for you. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. All right. Who would you take, Adam? I would fine. Take, Let's hear who Adam would take. I would, that's if, certainly not right. going to impact my opinion. He's got Josh Allen, Brees Hall, and Jameer Gibbs. Oh, you froze. What? I froze? Oh, maybe I froze. Sorry. Yeah, you froze. He's got. It jo- was Adam. Adam froze. Josh Allen, Brees Thank Hall, you. and Jameer Gibbs. He's not picking again for. A very long time. No, 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 no. That's not true. I have two picks. In that's the next not true. Two. He's got two picks. In the- <laughs> I would take. Uh, I would take Christian Watson here. Um, personally, He'll definitely. He's definitely on my short list. There's also Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy, Ken Walker. He's not going to take Ken Walker. He's got two young running backs, two DK running backs. Metcalf. So I think you. I think in your next, you're going to come away probably with two of Adams, Judy, Watson, and Metcalf. I don't. I highly doubt that. Quarterback is almost guaranteed to be. Taken. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. You you need this your super flex. That's right. Uh, oh, you got to take you got you to take Daniel Jones, bro. Of course, I mean, he's <laughs> the only one left on my queue. He's most likely going to be the pick, but I need to just make sure I don't have I don't want to take Watson or something instead. Well, you got to how see many more picks until your next pick? Only a few picks. You think Jones can slide? <laughs> that who's yes he how will many because teams have two quarterbacks. Why will he? 
the 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 guy drafting in between you with oh, the back to back picks has Dak and Mahomes. So oh, I'm definitely not taking Jones here. Then I really, nice. and I'm definitely not making this pick on air. All I'm right, all right. Every running back and receiver <laughs> in depth. All right, then let's get to our uh, our. Uh, by the way, he's taking Daniel Jones over like Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, older guys, older guys in a dynasty league. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Okay, let's talk. Let's get our YouTube questions here. Um, yeah, I was asking Dan to make a pick, and Don said it's not like it's Dan's job or anything. <laughs> Don, yeah, <laughs> it is my job, and that's why I want to take it seriously and not just make a pick all willy nilly in a dynasty league. Okay, Don. And this is from Zed. Am I the only person left on the planet that thinks a rookie running back should not be drafted in the first round of redraft? Yes, you are, Zed. <laughs> Depends on the year. Yeah, right. I mean, Bijan Robinson should definitely be drafted in the first yeah. round. Yeah, I mean, look, Worth Zeke, it. Barkley, those guys were terrific picks in the first yeah. round. Edrin I think the last six running backs that were drafted in the top 10 have finished as top 10 fantasy running backs. That's, that's uh, but was Clyde, did Clyde ever move up in there? Top 10 okay. in the NFL draft. Okay. Oh, in the NFL Clyde draft. was the last pick. Oh, oh, in the NFL draft. Was Fournette the first year? Yeah, Fournette, uh, yeah. Fournette I think, made it. He, okay. he the last one, the, here's a funny fact. The last one who didn't was Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he was like much. in a bit role that year with Jonathan Stewart. I remember yeah. that. Jonathan Stewart taking work away from CMC. Yeah. Which is that which? I'm really hey, dumb now. Which? And then Dave might... Gettleman signed him to take work away potentially from Saquon Barkley. He said, I, I watched a film. He hasn't lost his step. <laughs> Our computer guys. I have a bad Dave Gettleman impersonation, but yeah. it's been used on the podcast. It's not good. No, uh, I think that McCaffrey season is the thing that scares me a little bit about Jameer Gibbs. Right. Because McCaffrey is one of the few first round running backs in the last seven years. There have only been, I think, two running backs drafted in the first round of the NFL draft that didn't average more than 15 touches per game. And McCaffrey was one of them. The other was Rashad Penny. Um, but McCaffrey didn't do it because he was behind Jonathan Stewart, and that is the most similar situation to Jameer Gibbs. Um, all right. Chase do. However, if you had drafted McCaffrey in late in the third round, it would have worked out for you that rookie year because he had like eight right. catches. Um, no, we don't really have a lot of questions <laughs> here. Okay. What is the deal with top QBs yet again being ranked so low? And in Justin's opinion... So low is after the top 20 for Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. That's funny because I feel like they're ranked higher than I ever remember that. Ever. 22, 21, 24 in yep. one QB leagues, Justin. That to me is pretty high. And and I, this is the first time I think it's justified. Agreed. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty high. I don't know where Justin would take them. Maybe you can respond. Um. Okay, I'll look for your response. I think, Justin, what it, the, the answer what the deal is. The deal is this. A lot of us who play fantasy believe that in one quarterback leagues with only 12 starting on a weekly basis in your fantasy leagues, if you're in a 12 team league or 10, if you're in a 10 team league, which makes the point even more pronounced, you have 32 to choose from. There are matchups against really bad defenses sometimes with quarterbacks ranked 16 through 20 who will be on your waiver wire in these one QB leagues that can produce just as well as some of these guys you might use a first-round pick on. Probably not the first-round pick guys, but maybe if you push everyone up and now the third-round pick guys, the second-round pick guys, the fourth-round pick, the fifth-round pick guys, if we, if we were to push every quarterback up, you're getting too much out of the replacement value guys who are on your wire in these 12 and 10-team uh, team leagues where you only start one QB. It's all about that. It's just simply a, a math thing in my mind. All right. He says he would take them in the first round. Connor says, okay. if you had to pick one middle round wide receiver to break out, who would it be? Middle round. 
Hmm. I'm thinking round four through six. That means round four through six. Okay. For me, anyway. And that's Jerry Judy for me or Christian not, Watson. Definitely not Jerry Judy's Judy. Judy's on my me. breakout list. It's not going to be Watson for me. Watson and London are in that range. Watson and London are in there. Not going to be Pickens London. is in there. Not going to be Pickens. Pickens is later uh, to me anyway. But uh, is is Amari Cooper going in that range? I, I think I he just, is. I, I'm not saying that, that. I feel like he is. Hold on, right? hold on. He hold on. is. I'm not saying well, that. I'm wait, Cooper. can you just wait? Sorry. If you, if you, I'm not saying that I would take Judy over Cooper. I'm pretty sure I would take Cooper, but I cannot call Cooper a breakout. I think Cooper can be a breakout. Why can't he be? You think he's going to put up career best numbers? I think he can definitely put up career best numbers with Deshaun. So that would be something along the lines of like 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. I like him a lot. Okay. All right. One or two more questions here. I don't know if I see it, but okay. I definitely, I guess you could say, do you see it with Judy? Yeah, because he's never had a 1,000-yard season. I think he totaled 1,000 yards last year. But in, in this offense with Sean Payton, knowing how Payton deploys his receivers. I think the only thing stopping Judy is health. Dave, what is your tight end whisperer pick? Oh, I don't know if I've got one that I feel comfortable saying yet. It has been, it's kind of been Trey McBride, but it sounds like Zach Ertz actually has a chance to play. Yeah. And then stay with Arizona, which is just, it kind of blows my mind. Others who are on the list, Sam Laporta, um, even if it's just as a, you know, temporary potential starter to the beginning of the season. Gasicki is absolutely one of them. Jake Ferguson in Dallas. Gasicki, that just blows my mind. I know, but it's it's just a total situation change for him with an offensive coordinator that recruited him out of high school to play yeah. at Penn State. They still have Hunter Henry. I mean, it's not yeah, like but he's Henry's going to be more of like that short range guy, and Gasicki's going to be a field stretcher. Patriots like having that type of player in their offense. And he costs you nothing. You could literally take your kicker before Gesicki if you had to. All right, keeper question. Kelsey in the second, Madison in the 10th, Christian Watson in the 14th. Wow. Watson. Actually, I like them all at some, to some extent. I'm going to go Watson. How do you Watson. pass up Kelsey in round two? I know. Watson in round 14 is nice, though. In these types of leagues, round 14 in a keeper league, it's going to be, like, absolutely barren. Okay. Uh, keep two from Ty Ty. Uh, no penalty. AJ Brown, I love the picture. I know the picture really threw me off. AJ Brown, Amonra St. Brown, CD Lamb, Jalen Hurts. No round. Seems like a one QB league. I will go Lamb for sure, obviously. And Lamb Amon- and AJ for me. Probably Lamb and Lamb and Amonra for me. I think. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Long show today. I appreciate you hanging out with us on this Friday. Go get your weekend on. Uh, avoid the kitchen sink at any of Dan's friends' houses. <laughs> One friend. <laughs> I use the term friend loosely. No, just kidding. I, I guess, It was wow. appalling. It was repulsive. It was repalling. <laughs> it led to a, a, at least an hour-long discussion and, and, and ribbing, and, and people are, are stunned. No. Okay. I don't even know what to say. I will talk like, to you. But I'm running the water the whole time. Like I don't think that makes it better. <laughs> he didn't tell you that while you were like rinsing lettuce in the sink. Or something. <laughs> we weren't at his house, thankfully. I was not going to. Not going. That is a part. Yeah. Yeah. Set a perimeter. Don't go within <laughs> six feet of his sink. <laughs> All right. See you later, everybody. Have a great weekend.
Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.